This is the Horse Radio Network. Hello there. This is episode nine of the Equine Clicker 101 podcast on the Horse Radio Network. Today's show is about worming. We're calling it worming and handling your horse's mouth. Uh, Equine Clicker 101 is a podcast that takes you to the class to learn and practice clicker training with your horse. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. They are Jeffers and Cavalor Feed. In this episode, uh, we're going to talk about worming, as I mentioned, and handling your horse's mouth. These things kind of go hand in hand, so it's a natural. The important pieces that is really good to have in mind before you even kind of join us on this episode is go back and look at the first three episodes. We talk about the clicker and making sure it has its value, make sure the targeting, which just gets them more engaged in the process, and then also some liberty leading, which helps them, again, with the learning process process and playing the game, this training game that they love so much. One of the things I get asked about quite often is where do I buy clickers or targets or side buckets or different tools that we may use as part of the training. And what you could do is go to on target training. So it's www.on-target-training.com and look for uh, my name, Shauna Karish. Otherwise you may go to a target practice place. (laughs) Anyway, so that's where you can go and buy some supplies for doing the positive reinforcement training. And for all your other horsey needs, actually other pet needs, you should go to Jeffers Pet. They have loads of things and you can get all sorts of things for your horse and for yourself and for your dog at jefferspet.com. Okay, we are ready to talk about how to teach our horses to be you know, solid citizens about worming. It's one of those things, if you think about it, if somebody came up to you every random now and then and injected this weird tasting stuff in your mouth, we wouldn't want to do it either. So we want to kind of help them understand that this is a good thing. This is not a bad thing. We want to change their minds and emotions about the having their their horse their mouths handled about accepting things in their mouth that might be kind of strange and unusual so it's not so hard to do if we break it down and think a little bit of how the horse might feel about it and one of the things I hear all the time so people have some ideas and people start to use positive reinforcement with it and I hear people saying I know what I'm going to do I'm going to get a syringe you know a clear syringe you know one that's not, not full of wormer and I'm going to put applesauce in it and inject that into my horse's mouth. Well, I'm going to tell you, I haven't found very many horses that like you injecting anything into their mouth, whether it's their favorite thing or not. And we make a pretty big assumption, us humans, and think they love applesauce. It's apples for goodness sakes, but that's not always the case. So what I like to do before I even get to the training portion of it, one of the things I like to do to be sure that whatever I may choose to work with, to desensitize them and get them to like whatever you know thing I'm going to use, is be sure they actually like it on their own first. So one of the things I do before I even start kind of trying to use different foods to help 
create an appetitive, appetitive uh, response or something that they like, we I try to test it first. So you know those big black rubber tubs, like feed tubs, you can get them at you know something like this at at Jeffers. It's a big black rubber feed tub. So what I'll do is I'll put a few different things in there and let the horse sort it out and figure out what they like. So I'm going to use liquidy sort of things. Usually um, I've tried molasses. I've tried like baby food carrots. So it's all mushed up. I've used, but be careful if it has too much lemon in it, they don't really like it. So try to get something really simple, just baby food carrots. Try some applesauce. You can try some um, molasses. You could try honey. So there's different things that you can put on the in the tub and then they can try and you can figure out which one do they tend to gravitate towards. So if they're all in one tub, I find that they kind of go and they sniff them all and then they tend to linger on the one that they prefer. So I do this a few times to be sure that they actually like it and that their speed gets a little quicker. Cause frankly, if you haven't, if your horse hasn't had applesauce, a lot of times they don't know what it is and it can all be just a little, you know, you get that flaming response where they just stick that lip up in the air. And so by giving them a little bit of time to acclimate and be sure that they like, let's say applesauce, I'm going to talk about applesauce because I find that to be the one they most likely that they they're quickest to like is I let them try it a few times and be sure that they have created a kind of a familiarity with it. And they've shown me that they like it. And then the next thing I like to do is begin to start when I know that they like it, a really good way to start is to put it on a syringe. Now I'm jumping ahead a little bit because we have some pieces that are going to come before this, but this is something you can start intermittently as you're conditioning the other parts. So once I kind of figure out what they like, or maybe they're kind of neutral and they're not super big on it one way or another, well, I might each day at feeding time, maybe give them a little bit of grain that they do like or pellets, you know, hey, pellets are great. And they do like, and just put like a little dollop until you can put a little bit more and a little bit more. And you see them readily eating those, the applesauce or the molasses or the whatever you've chosen, or they've chosen actually. But so that is something that you can work on and get them acclimated to while you're still working on the other pieces, which is going to be the mouth handling. So I just kind of want to bring that part up first. So it's something that you can test, you can check it out, you can see if they like it, and you can figure out what they actually do respond to and tend to like, and give them a little bit of time to get acclimated to it. Because you know how horses can be, anything new can be aversive before it is something that they like. So, so give them a little time to get used to it without any pressure, and then you can move on to, we'll talk about the next steps to take it from there. So work that out. See if you can figure out what liquidy thing they like. And I found that that's a great way to get started. But there's another part to this. And this is the part um, where we have to actually be able to handle their head and their face and their mouth and have them get used to those parts. So it is a systematic desensitization and perhaps counter conditioning. You know, if you've, if you've been around a horse who just is really already on to oral medications of any sort, a lot of times you even go to try to put your hand on their nose and they're like, no, that's not happening because they think this predicts 
the next parts. So they think, I know what happens after you hold on to my nose. The next thing, I have something injected into my mouth that I don't like. And and it, it becomes something that they're really uh, already onto, that they're already... It's become it's become conditioned as something that's aversive. So the first things we really want to do is start being sure that we can handle and manipulate their head and nose and that they're comfortable with it. And they're not only tolerating it, but we want to build it up to where they actually like it. And so this even goes in with the last episode, episode eight of being able to handle different places on their body, being able to have them soft and relaxed and compliant and, and looking at all these things as good things and not bad things. So episode eight would also be a, an episode that would be worth listening to because this is going to tie right into what we're doing with the, the worming. We're getting specific on this because really the part we're dealing with is their head, their nose, their mouth. So. It's we're kind of honing in on one particular area, but the big overall picture, it was encompassed in, in the last episode. So one of the first things I want to do, and, and you may do this all different ways. You know, some people, I have a tendency, I stand next to the horse facing forward and I want to put my nose, my hand around their nose. So it comes from the outside and I want to be able to kind of hold their nose. I feel like it kind of, uh, keeps them, encourages them to keep their heads straight and still, but it also in the very beginning can feel quite claustrophobic until I get them used to it. So I want to start with this very soft and the very first part for a horse who's really kind of been there, done that and doesn't really like it. Sometimes I just put my hand on their outside cheek. So I'm standing next to him. I reach my hand up and over and touch their cheek on the outside. And at first it may be the head may raise a little bit high. You know, they may get a little bit worried. So sometimes I even have to start before that. And it's as the hand's coming up. If I can get them to relax a little bit, even before I touch them, I can click and reinforce that. So I click and I feed. So they start to get the idea like, hey, that's not so bad. Now I'm into what we call counter conditioning. So think of it like scales. You know, there's a lot of weight on the side with a horse who's done this a lot that says, I hate this. I do not like this. I do not think this is fun. And so what I want to do is rebalance those scales. So there's a lot of weight on the one side that says, I don't like it. And we want to put a lot of weight on the side that says, I do like it. And I choose to hold still and calm and relaxed. So I just don't want them even standing frozen. I want them to think this is actually great. I like this. So that means I just build some time and repetition by putting reinforcement on that other side of the scale until we've counterbalanced them. And now we've counterconditioned them until they actually like it. So that's where we're going to start. And it, first things first, I may just touch the outside of their head. And then the next thing, if that's going good, then I may reach my hand over and just lightly touch across their nose, being careful not to block their they're breathing, you know, I don't want to pinch their nose. And when they're good with that, sometimes I then bring my other hand up underneath their chin and just look for them to be able to let me softly move their head a little bit. And what I'm looking for in there is I want it to be really relaxed where they trust me enough to let me move their head around. I do this with feet too. You know, like I pick up a foot and I want to be able to move their foot backwards and forwards and shake that little hoof and they just let it flop all soft. I want kind of that same concept with their noses. So I want them when I hold their head and nose that they're like, it's okay. And they just let me kind of move it around and they see this as a fun game as opposed to something that makes them defensive and guarded and think 
thinking you're about to do something awful. So it's a really good concept. And it also demonstrates a lot of trust, which is something we continue to build on through their their lives. So they look at it as good and not bad. And I'm going to tell you, there was a time when my horse bugs, I did this kind of stuff preparing for worming to happen, you know, a couple times a year, maybe an occasional oral medication, but not anything big. And then my bugs, who he was rather suspicious from the get-go, he got sick. And it ended up as he came home, he had had a thrombosis and he had had some diet, uh, some lower intestine colic issues. So we had this big ball of wax that was really problematic. He came home and I needed to give him up to five doses of paste every single day for six weeks. I mean, it was it was ridiculous. It, it was so much. And I didn't prepare for this. Who knew I would have to do this? But I could give him his paste every single day. And let me tell you, all of it wasn't nice, flavorful apple wormer paste. A lot of it was dissolved pills. So they're bitter. They're gritty. They can barely come out of the syringe. And I walk up every day with five tubes in my hand. And he was, he was in a stall at this point because of his medical needs. And I could, through the whole process, I could give him all five doses of his meds without a halter and lead rope. Now, it, and that just goes because of the foundation that was built through the, tra- the training and the trust that got developed and the positive reinforcement and classic conditioning that really built along that process. So he really trusted me, even when he didn't necessarily like what was happening, he, he worked with me. Now, I'll tell you, in fairness, I was ready to go toe to toe. This is his life I'm dealing with. And if I had to, you know, climb on him and hang on that halter and jam it in his mouth, I would do whatever I could to be sure that he got his pills and would understand that his medication, understand that he didn't like it. But luckily, with the training, it really carried over where I never had to do that. I would enter a stall. He would turn and put his butt towards me, which it wasn't to kick me. It was to get his head as far away from me as he could. And I would just stand at the front of the stall and he would come 90 degrees back. And then that was him saying, okay, I'm ready. You can give me my pills or my meds. And so that's what I did for, it was over 150 doses of pace that he got. And still I could do it without a halter and lead rope. And it was because of the positive reinforcement. So while some of this doesn't seem attached to other things, you know, it seems like, well, this doesn't have to do with that. It actually does because all of it is really going to building trust and a relationship and a connection that goes beyond just what we, we, what we think of on the outside. It's actually a deep, uh, you know, it's endorphins and dopamines and things that we've established through the process. So I know that seems a little, uh, can seem a little esoteric, but I promise you, as you start doing the positive reinforcement, you're going to see a relationship really, really change. And I think that that's really important. And this was one of those areas where it, it came out in flying colors. I could just see how much this horse who would rear if you pulled on his lead rope at all to him being just a, a, a solid citizen who was really ready to work with me. But anyway, okay, 
back to the exercises. So I built it up where I could move his head around. He was soft and relaxed. And then the next thing I would start to do is put my other hand when I could do that with the one hand over his nose. And so a lot of times what I have is him at my right shoulder. I'm at his left side. And then I will be able to hold him. And then when that's going good, eventually I start introducing the other hand because the other hand is usually the hand that's really kind of, you know, is putting the stuff in the mouth is, you know, handling the syringe, whatever it might be. So as I get it good and I can move it around with my right hand. And then the next thing I do is I bring my left hand up. And when he is good about me touching with his left hand, the next thing I start doing is actually starting to put just my finger touching the corner of his mouth. When that is good, I build up until I can actually put my finger in his mouth and and continue from there. And sometimes they're going to pull their head up in the air. Sometimes they wait. But what I'm really looking for it to be is at least the most relaxation and the least resistance. When you put your finger in their mouth, it is kind of a normal thing that they'll start chewing at that point. And that's sometimes I would like them to be as calm and relaxed as I can. So it's not ejecting food. It just might be just kind of chewing because they don't know what it is. And then I'll put the head up a little bit, but I want them to be able to be okay with that. So that's just to keep the gravity and keep the wormer in their mouth or the medicine in their mouth. So sometimes if they start chomping, it will fall out. So if I can push their head up and they're okay with that, that helps me to to make sure that the gravity as they chew keeps it in. If you can get them to be still and relax and they'll just keep it there, that's okay. But what I found is sometimes they trick you and they just hold it still and then you walk away and they're like, blah, 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 spitting it back out. So this is the first part we're going to work on. And I want you to work on is trying to get them where they're comfortable with this manipulation and trusting you as you put things in their mouth. And at this point, we're not injecting any things in their mouth. So we're starting to break that pattern that we maybe have kind of established. So if we, through the warming process and getting meds as as they've grown up, that a lot of times this makes them quite suspicious. So we're kind of breaking that down where we're saying, look, nothing bad is actually happening. This may seem weird and not quite right, but you're not getting you know, a dose of bitter medicine in your mouth. So it starts to build that trust. We start using the positive reinforcement to really change their emotions about it. So instead of it seeing bad, they think, you know what, there is something in it for me. So I'm going to be, so we get them kind of participating in the training and the outcome of the training. So it's so very important. Now let's go back to the other part. So this is kind of a part that can take a little bit of time and depending on how bad your little equine partner might be. Sometimes this is going to take a little bit to get that trust reestablished. And for some horses, it goes pretty quickly and they're like, you know, okay, moving on. Well, the other part is now preparing them not only for the manipulation and handling and putting, you know, a thing in their mouth. And you can even take it from your finger going in their mouth to get a syringe, but with nothing on it at all, and just putting a syringe at the corner of their mouth until they can relax and be calm with that as well. Now, the other side of this is preparing them actually for the sensation of something being put in their mouth. And like I said, there's a lot of horses that I don't care what you put in their mouth. It could be their favorite food, their favorite thing. They will just automatically think spit it out as opposed to let's figure out what it is. They're like, don't let's spit it out and ask questions later. So what we want to do is what I'll do is figure out which one they like best and 
I've found that more horses than not tend to like the applesauce best. But what I'll do is I'll put the applesauce instead of putting it right in the syringe. I know they'll eat it. They'll eat it off their food. I can put it where it's mostly applesauce and they'll lick the applesauce right up. And I know that they like it. Then the next thing I do is I start putting the applesauce on the outside of the syringe. Because still, even at this point, if you inject the applesauce into their mouth, sometimes you still get that reaction of, I hate applesauce. So what I want to do is then be, get them used to the syringe and the expectation of the applesauce. So it's not the syringe injecting it, but they see that thing coming to their mouth, that white thing. And believe me, they see it and they know it no matter how much we we think we're all sneaky. And so what I want them to think of is, oh, here comes that thing. I like that thing. It has my favorite food on it or one of my favorite foods on it. So I, I get them used to when the syringe comes that they will learn to lick the syringe like the syringe. So when that part's happening, and that part happens pretty quick, and you'll see them actually going for the syringe pretty quickly because they're like, oh, there it is. Let me get it. So then when that's going good, what I'll start doing is just putting the tiniest bit of applesauce in it. So it's not this big giant, you know, 50 cc's of applesauce flooding their mouths. I'll just put a little bit, enough that they get this little extra sensation in their mouth. So I put maybe put, you know, two tablespoons, you know, just enough that it's, and maybe it's one tablespoon at first, and then two tablespoons and building it up until they take it and they just eat the medicine or eat the the applesauce without kind of, without resisting and not thinking. So as you build that up and you can then give them more and more and more until you can give what would be a normal, you know, dose of medicine or, or wormer and wormer frankly isn't very much so i kind of go a little bit more than the wormer would be so those times when maybe you have to give a different medicine that maybe is a little more volume to it get them kind of used to taking the bigger amounts now so when and then pretty soon what you'll do is you'll combine doing this you know putting the hand over their nose manipulating their nose that's good present the syringe they will lick the syringe and then the next thing you do is start injecting a little bit with the syringe and injecting a little bit more now all this part is rather trusting and it goes good and they like it but there's the day when it's time for the medicine or for the wormer that frankly i'm gonna say we're gonna betray them you know because they're gonna be going this is good this is good i like it this is good this isn't what i thought and and then the next thing you know we go now it's not applesauce, it's some weird tasting, whatever it is. So that's going to happen. But what we want to do, and some horses, there is um, wormers that are apple flavored. And there's some horses that are like, that's not so bad. I don't even mind it. It's not very much. It didn't taste like the worst thing ever. And they'll actually be kind of all right with that. But there's still the medicines that are going to come that aren't very tasty, or there's other wormers that aren't quite as tasty, or certain horses are just like, no, I, I, whatever it is, I don't, that's not what I'm used to. So that's okay. We're going to have to do that from time to time. But what I try to be sure I do is after I give them that medicine, I go back the next day, take some steps back and get them licking the applesauce off the syringe and rebuild that trust, rebuild that strong reinforcement history with the good, pleasant parts so that when they look at it again, it doesn't it doesn't stay as a bad memory in their head. It isn't something they look at as aversive. We've now outweighed it 
by rebalancing those scales and putting a lot of weight on the side that says this is a positive, good thing. So that's kind of in a nutshell where we want to go. And of course, like I said, everybody's an individual and some horses may like other things and not others keep experimenting. And some horses may be somewhat resistant throughout, but they're going to get to a point where they will do it, even though they may, some may just get to the point where they're like, okay, I'm good. I'll tell you though, with my bugs, I don't think he liked it at all. You know, but he worked with me because it was about the relationship we had built. And you know what the tricky part is, is when we're doing the training with like the applesauce and stuff, we can give them food before and after because it doesn't matter if they spit the applesauce out and they have a tendency to then just take the food, eat the applesauce and they keep it all in. When it comes to the real wormer or the real medicine, a lot of times you can't give them food before or after because they will spit Either the food that's in their mouth will come out once you give them the medicine or what can happen is when once they have the medicine in their mouth and then they have remnants of it and you give them food and here comes the what's left in there out. So as we built it up, I try to build it up where there's a little bit of time between the feeding. But during the process with Bugsy, I could not give him any food before or after and he still let me do it for all this time without even being able to feed the behavior so we definitely can get there but just take your time and build that up and it will make your life so much easier and naturally once we start looking in their mouths and handling their mouths we can start shifting that to you know just pulling the lips apart and even you can eventually teach them to open their mouth where you teach them just to kind of open it up and, and op- keep their mouth open. But this is a really great start at getting them desensitized to handling their head and handling their mouth and then taking medicine and not seeing it as such a horrific deal. Anyway, so those are some of the tips we're going to do for getting started and some things to think about as we get going with teaching them how to take warmer. Okay, and now what you're going to do, we're, I want you to listen to a word from our sponsors. We have, they have some, they have warmer, they have lots of great warmers and even flavored warmers. So Jeffers is a great place to go for, again, all your horse's needs. So take a listen and then we come back and we'll get ready for the next part. Located in Dothan, Alabama, Jeffers was founded in 1975 by Dr. Keith Jeffers in order to provide local livestock owners with a reliable and more cost-efficient source for their supplies. Fast forward 40-plus years, and today, Jeffers has become a trusted source for equine, pet, and livestock supplies all across the United States, but they've not lost sight of the personal service that got them started all those years ago. You can still visit the Jeffers store in Dothan, or you can shop online at jefferspet.com, where you will find an astounding array of products for your equine habit, from quality tack, English and Western, to the supplies and healthcare products that you have come to depend on, as well as new and innovative lines to help your horse be his or her best. Visit them today at jefferspet.com. Okay, it's time for our lab portion of our podcast. So what I want you to do is be sure you get some food and some treats. And remember, it's great to have food with some treats mixed in. And the Cavalor are great treats because they're super low. Both the food and the treats are super low in sugar and high in fiber. So they're really good for your horses. 
And then I want you to get your horse to a safe place. And if you remember, you want to get a place that you think you're going to set your horse up for success. So he's going to be the most relaxed and the most focused with what we're doing. And we want to work them at liberty if you, if at all possible. So they have choices to come or go. And then what we're going to do is when you're ready, you'll turn your podcast back on and we will get ready to go. So you go get ready. I'll talk to you in a minute. Okay, so what we're going to do, we're going to start with the basic, the, the the sampling and figuring out what your horse likes. That part is a little bit more self-explanatory. That's just going to be you experimenting and figuring it out. So what we're going to start with today is the handling of the head and the nose and, and maybe to the mouth, depending on where the horse is for today. This, a lot of times, like I said, tends to kind of light the horse up and get them a little defensive. So we really want to work on making sure that they're nice and relaxed with that. So I'm going to be working with Luna today. And Luna is a little bit, um, she's a horse that's up a little bit. She tends to have a little bit more tension. She wants to do stuff as opposed to being quiet. So this is going to be a little bit more challenging for her because I'm going to be looking for her to settle. So what I'm going to do first and foremost, I'm going to remind her of those first couple lessons, you know, where are we the the first few lessons even that we started with the first three episodes of the podcast the quiet the relax the settling so i'm going to go in and i'm just going to click and feed as she keeps her head to herself so that she kind of because remember way back when i really tried to establish it where where she puts her head to herself it's a little bit i can see her soften a little bit she knows what to do with it and it's a way that i can say look we're not doing anything and get her to shift gears a little. So I'm going to do that just a couple times first to remind her that we're playing her favorite game and get her in a good headspace and have those endorphins flowing. And then I'm going to work on that couple times of just the relax, keep your head to yourself. She also knows a target, but I'm not going to ask her to go to the target because that's a busy thing. That's actually a doing thing. And I want her to think more about not doing in this session and for this particular horse. So that's what I'm going to do. And then we'll get back. We'll get right down to handling the head and the, the, the nose. But you know what? I'm going to tell you, sometimes I come out and I think this is what my plan is going to be. And then I get out there and I have a horse and I think this isn't the day to start something like this because she's too wound up. I need to, to get some energy or get some quieting. So sometimes I may make a call and and think this isn't the day for this. She's in a funny mood and I need to do something else and maybe try again later. So so keep that in mind. Just because what you think is going to happen doesn't mean it always does. But anyway, I'm going to go in and see where Luna is today. Okay, here I go. I'm stepping into the stall. And she's coming right over, of course. She's happy to see me. And... Okay, good. I'm going to stand beside me, beside her, and she lines right up, just like we taught her early on in those first lessons. And I click and reinforce as she gets her head away. 
And I could see in that first one, she's a little bit excited. So I'm going to do it a couple more times. And relax. And click and reinforce. So relax saying that doesn't mean anything. That's kind of me seeing that. But I'm just looking for her to kind of, with clarity, relax into knowing what to do. And that usually brings relaxation. Okay, so that was great. And I'm going to do it one more time. And click. And now I'm feeding. And that's perfect. So I feel like she's in a good place and it is a good day to move forward with her. So now that that's good, I'm going to go ahead and try reaching my hand kind of under her chin to the outside cheek because we're standing, I'm standing right by her shoulder. And she kind of raised her head a little bit. So I'm not moving my hand any closer. It's probably eight inches or 10 inches from her head. There we go. Till she settled a little bit. So as I put my hand under there, you could see her eyes get a little bigger and her head go up. So I just waited for her to soften just a little. Didn't have to be perfect, but I look forward to bring her head down a little bit and see a little bit of softening in her eyes and her head carriage. And so then I clicked and I fed that. So she brought her head down just just a little bit and it showed me she was relaxing softening not perfect yet not where I'd like it to be but better than it was for that moment where she looked kind of alarmed okay so she's chewing and I'm going to try that again so I'm going to reach my hand up under her kind of her neck and her chin or neck and reach towards kind of the outside of her face about good okay so i got closer than i did last time so i clicked and fed that because as i got a little bit in, instead it felt like it was like eight to ten inches away this time i was approaching like at six inches and she didn't lift her head yet now could i have gone further maybe so but i wanted to make it very clear at that point that she made a good decision you know, she decided to relax and trust me a little bit. So I wanted to, to feed her for that. I wanted to click and feed her and let her know that's actually really good. So I'm letting her chew. So I gave her a pretty big handful. And I want to remember this is counter conditioning. So we're trying to make it where this is more reinforcing than not. We're trying to take something that might be worrisome and make it good. The best way to do that is using lots of food to kind of create new neural pathways associated. Okay, looks like she's about ready. So I'm going to try again. I'm gonna reach up and over and she's watching my hand. You can see her, but she's keeping her head level. And this time I got right to her jaw and I rested my hand on it, click feed. So I, I'm gonna click and feed that part right there. So she let me actually rest my hand on her cheek and she was good with that. That didn't seem to bother her even when I made contact and touched her. Granted, she knew my hand was coming in because she can see it very clearly out of that eye. But I like that the decision she made with that and the relaxation. Okay, so she was good with that. So now my next place, she's still chewing a little bit. My next thing I'm going to try is to see if I can't cup my fingers very slightly over part of her nose. I'm not even going to go all the way over her nose yet because I think that might alarm her a little bit. So I'm just going to go a little bit uh, just like half, halfway over her nose and super light so she can pull away if she wants to that part's not a big deal but because if she wants to pull away I want her to be able to show me that 
Okay, so here we go. I'm going to reach up and there we go. And I actually, my fingers just touch like the middle of her nose, kind of probably four or five inches above her nose. And she's relaxed. I'm kind of slipping them a little bit past neutral, the center point. Excellent. I click and reinforcing her for that. So that was really good. I thought, and so I'm feeding her again, really big handfuls. So she just thinks this is the greatest thing ever. But I kind of thought I would go to just touching her nose. And if I slid it up, she might be a little bit worried, but she did better than I kind of anticipated. So without getting what I call greedy trainer syndrome, I where I got to asking for too much, I just said, well, can I go just a little bit further? So I just slipped past that bump on her nose and she was really good with that. So that was excellent. Now this time I'm gonna do it, like I said, the last time I did it really light. So if she wanted to pull her head away, she can. I'm not there to hold her nose. I'm asking if this is okay. This time I'm gonna do just a tiny bit more pressure. Not pushing and holding, but I want her to feel it just a little bit more deliberate. Okay, so let's try again. So here I go, reaching my arm out. She can see my hand coming. Her head is nice and level this time, really good. And I went right up and I, I have my hand on the bridge of her nose and I actually asked her if she could bring her head down just like a half inch. Excellent. A clicking feed that. So she did really good with that one. So I kind of, as I applied the pressure or I, I kind of had my hand there a little bit more solid feeling, she was really good with it. So I kind of just asked her, can you give me your nose just a little bit? And she did really softly brought her nose down. And that was really, really good. So I fed that one quite a bit. And again, so she's eating. So I'm going to kind of repeat that one a couple times. I don't know if that, you know, if that surprised her, if she's good with it. You never know until you start doing it. If they're really, you know, where they're going to be with this. So frankly, she's surprising me a little bit today. Okay, here we go. I'm going to repeat that again. So here comes my hand up and under her, her throat and neck and then over to on top of her nose that's good okay so i'm asking her to bring her head down a little bit but she feels a little more uh like she's not quite as soft so i'm just gonna click and feed not quite as much because it's i would like her to be a little bit more trusting but but she was not bad. She was not bad at all. She just kind of looked just a touch more uncertain of what we're doing. So that's okay. I can still reinforce her, which makes it a nicer thing. You know, it makes it more pleasant and helps her to create her softness there. But the next thing we're, so, so hopefully next time she'll be a little bit better. Okay. So let's try again. I'm gonna reach my hand up and over. And then there we go, a little bit of pressure there. And she, okay, she pulled her nose away that time and that's okay. I just take my hand away and I'm gonna just, I kind of look at her for a second. So she knows that I saw what she did. I just pause for a moment and then we're gonna try it again. And I'm gonna take a step back. I'm gonna go a little bit slower well, not slower, but I'm going to make sure she knows and not go any faster. So I feel like she's with me at each point. 
I'm also going to tell you sometimes them pulling their head away and being able to pull their head away is actually really uh, builds a lot of confidence because they know they still have some some say in this thing. So let's try again. And so that doesn't discourage me. It's just information. Okay, so I'm going to try again. Reach my hand up and over and I touch the nose. Very good. A click and feed. What she did this time, instead of me even putting kind of pressure, just as soon as I touched her nose, she softened and brought it down a little bit. So that was excellent. That was really the kind of thing that I'm looking for is her to decide that this is okay. So even though we kind of had the last two were not quite progress forward. In fact, the last one was a little step back. This one just now was excellent. So I don't really worry about what happened before. I'm just feeding that one. And to be honest with you, I'm feeding that one like three handfuls because that was really good. Okay. So I'm going to take a step around for a little bit. We're going to take a little walk. We're in her stall. So we're just working in the stall. So I'm going to take, uh, we're going to walk a little step around a bit just to change it up for a minute. And then I stop and I look for a turn her head away like we know so well. I click and reinforce. And by now for, um, so she's chewing. For Luna, she's good. It's not that I turn, ask her to turn her head all the way away. I just want her head a touch away from me. So she kind of knows how to bring herself back down a little bit and kind of straighten her head out and keep her head to herself. Okay, so that walk around was just to kind of mix things up again to give her a little break from something that might be a little challenging. And now we're going to try it again. Now we're kind of facing a different corner, which can be all different. Remember we talked about context shift where sometimes just shifting a little piece, we can lose criteria. So I'm going to anticipate that could be the case. Okay. So we're going to try again and we're going to go back to where we were. So I'm reaching my hand under her throat and reaching up. She can see it coming. It's on her nose and touching good. Okay. So she softened and lowered her head when I touched it and I kept it there. I keep it there. Click and feed. And I'm going to feed a lot for that one. And I'm actually going to end there. So that was really good. There's two things. So she's, I'm feeding her a few handfuls and actually I'm going to finish by going over to her bowl. I have a bowl over here and I'm going to put uh, like four or five handfuls in her bowl and let that be her magnitude reinforcement or jackpot. So she knows she did a great job and I'm going to then step out of the stall here for a minute. So find a good place where you can end with your horse, find something good, and then go ahead and give your horse a jackpot when you get to that good place. And we will meet in a few minutes and kind of talk about our session. We'll get homework, but we'll kind of review maybe some of the scenarios that you may have seen in your session. Get your horse put away, get her them to a safe place or wherever they need to go, put your stuff away and then come back and we will get back and we'll discuss what kind of happened and some possible scenarios and where do we go from here? Okay. Talk to you in a minute.
trying to add variety or that special reward, I love using the Cavalier Crunchies. These small extruded treats are rich in fiber and molasses free, and they are made from carrot chunks, alfalfa, with a touch of herbs. They are safe for all kinds of horses, even horses with metabolic needs, and they come with resealable buckets. So they'll stay fresh between training sessions. And they, I mean, who wouldn't like those? And I've tried them with a whole number of horses, a whole lot of different horses, and they're, they all like them. So they really are, they're healthy without being, you know, like cauliflower. <laughs> anyway, so they're great. Okay, now it's for our review, wrap-up, and homework. All right, so with Luna, of course, this can go different ways. Every horse is so different. You could have gone in, and your horse maybe, when you just even went to reach your hand over, they said, no, that's not happening. I'm going away. And if that's the case, be sure just to go slower. You know, if it maybe all it is is you just reach your hand down below and under their neck until you can raise it up. Figure out where that threshold is. Where do they get worried? And work from there. So never compare yourself to one horse or the other. What goes well for one horse doesn't mean it'll be the same for another horse. Or a horse is really bright in so many areas can find challenges in different areas. So don't get discouraged on others' progress or non-progress. Just realize we're just where we are. Everything I get when I do these sessions, I always look at it and I just think it's just information. So when Luna kind of pulled her head up and, and said, you know, I don't think so for this moment, that's okay. It's just information. I have to start thinking, well, is this too much or was that just too much at that moment? And can we move forward from there? So just always look at his information and we could take that information and think that was too much or that wasn't enough. Nothing is a mistake. It really is just trying to figure out, okay, where do we go from here? So your horse could have done all sorts of things and it's okay. You just meet them where they are. You recognize where their progress is and you work from there. Or perhaps your horse was like, yeah, no big deal. And you got in there and your horse lets you hold their nose right away. They'll let you move their nose. You can put your other hand up to the side of their mouth. That's all stuff that may ha have happened as well. So with Luna, um, she really was pretty good. I went a little slow and I would rather go too slow than too fast because I would rather get yes, 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 yes. A lot of times once you get no, if you go too fast and you get no, sometimes you get no, 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 no for a while and have to kind of earn your way back. But if we could start with them saying yes, sometimes we can kind of get a little bit further and a little bit further as they learn that it feels safer as a creating that you know, kind of defensiveness that sometimes can happen if we go too fast. So with Luna, I went slow enough that I thought, I think this will work with her. And I think this will be a great start. And so it was, I could see with her that there was, remember, I'm always looking for tension in all the different parts. I look for the eyes. Do so the eyes look big? Are the nostrils kind of flared and tight? Is the lip looking square and tense? Is the chin pointy? Is the, you know, there, is there tension in the jaw? Is the head high? I look for all these things. Is it tail swishing? The, all these things that can tell me if there's a little bit of tension. And when I went in to do this, I could tell that Luna's like, yeah, I'm going to work with you, but I'm not sure what you're doing. So she wasn't quite as comfortable at first, but you could see her kind of quickly going, well, that wasn't so bad. And that wasn't so bad. So I feel like we was she was good to go to the next steps and the next steps and then that one kind of towards the end where she pulled her head away 
I just think that was her, you know, it's, she needed to know that she could do that. And I just said, okay, we'll just go slow and move from there. But she didn't look completely panicked when she did it. It was almost a check. If she looked really panicky, I would have gone back to the very simplest step and rebuilt from there. But since she didn't really, everything didn't get really tense on her. She just kind of got a little bit like let go. And then, then she got right back to it. And I thought, well, let's, let's just see where she is with that. And she really handled it well, because then on the other side of that, she was actually really ready to go. You know, then she said, okay, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to keep my head here and you can keep your hand here for extended period of time. And she just looked, her eye continued to look soft. Her mouth was soft. So everything looked like she was okay with that. So I know those are short sessions, but what we got a chance to do is reinforce her in two ways. One, it is positive reinforcement because as she made good choices, I could click and reinforce, click and feed those good choices. But the other thing we did is we also got to say, see, that's all there is to it. So in the beginning, as she looked a little tense and thought, I don't know what's happening here, this may go bad by just saying, see, that's all there was to it. It's nice and short and sweet. So if there was any feeling of aversiveness to that little session or what we were doing, we got to say, see, and that's the end of it. We really try not to have it be aversive, but there can be a little bit of question, like, I don't know what it is. And then she got to learn, but you know what? It was really good. And the next time I think she'll be even better and more confident. That's typically how it goes. And we'll continue to make that progress. So what we did today, we're going to continue to build on. So this is what I want you to do. If your horse was maybe further along, maybe your horse was kind of comfortable from the get-go and truly had soft eyes and soft features and soft body language and all that was like, yep, I'm really okay with this. I'm not shut down and just tolerating it and letting you do it, but I'm really, I'm actively aware of it and being a part of it. So if you had a horse, let's say that did seem like I'm just letting you do this, I'm not actually kind of excited you're here and wanting to do it again, but I'm just tolerating it. You just keep working at a slow pace and reinforcing the heck out of it until we go from tolerating it to actually liking it. I feel like with Luna in this first step, it was even, I think she went in really kind of a little bit more nervous. And then I think she went more towards a tolerating it place. I don't think I walked out of her thinking, I love this. I think I walked out of her saying, that wasn't so bad. I could do that again. But as we keep doing it, we keep building the reinforcement history. So pretty soon it gets better and better and better. And this, this behavior will become associated with endorphins and dopamines and good things. And pretty soon they'll like the behavior and be like, yeah, I love this. This is great. This is easy and it works well for me. So we want to take it to that place. So while we want to do repetition, you also want to slowly and within their comfort zone, be raising the criteria. So if we, we don't want to get too stuck at the same exact place because that can make it like, man, that's just not very fun. We want them to be part playing the game. Remember, playing the game is more important than anything. It's not really all about the food unless we make it all about the food. It is the game. And that way means learn learning when and how to raise that criteria, just the slightest little bit, not so much that we get frustration or we start getting uh, 
undesirable responses. What we're looking for is just, just where it's just a little bit more and a little bit more. And we did that in that first session. Remember, we started, I started just with my hand out and then my hand a little closer and then my hand a little closer and then my hand touching and then my hand creeping up. I did raise a criteria throughout there, but she let me know that that was okay to raise that criteria. So while she may have been a little bit like, what's that? But I felt like it was uh, mild enough that she was comfortable with it and could could go with that, raising that criteria. So what I want you to do through the next couple weeks is, and, and you know, it may take more than a couple weeks, it may be less than a couple weeks, but build up till again, where you can put your hand on there, you can move her nose around and she doesn't care. You can go in circles. You can go up. You can go down. She's like, yep, got it. Then you can add that other hand in there. So now you can do it with two hands that she's okay with that and soft. And and if you feel resistance in that point, if you're trying to move it around, just hold until you feel the slightest lightly, lightly hold. And if they want to pull away, let them pull away. But just hold just light enough till you feel like it gets soft. You know, you can tell when that tension kind of melts away a little bit. And that thought, that decision to let the the tension melt away, that is really a, a crucial point because that was a choice they made. So if I can catch that for the first couple times, I do. And I say, thank you. That was great. I love your choice. And I love the decision to soften and let your head move a little bit more. And then we build up that criteria and doing a little bit more until it's all just okay. When that's good, then remember, we go back to thinking, can I kind of fiddle with your lips a little bit, particularly the corner of your mouth? Can I put a finger, you know, a quarter of an inch in your mouth. And, and again, looking for that relaxation, there might be a little bit of chomping and I don't worry about that too much. We're going to look for that to soften and lessen as we go a little bit, but a lot of horses never really stop with the chewing a little bit when the, when the finger goes in there, but just as long as it gets softer and it doesn't look like blah, 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 it just kind of looks like what's happening in my mouth. So look for that to get a little bit softer and more relaxed. And then again, you can go to using the tip of a, when you can kind of put your finger in there and they're kind of okay with that. When you can lift their head when you're done, they're okay with that. When you can, uh, then I would go to using the syringe. And when the syringe is, you can put that in the corner of their mouth, they're good. You're good on that end of things. On the other side, remember, do those taste tests and then have that, the, the, whatever seems to be the preference. And, and you may come up with more things than I think of. There's all sorts of things you can try. When you figure out what it is they like, put that on the outside when that's good. Put a little bit inside till you can inject that little teeny tiny bit in their mouth till it's more and more and more. Okay. I think that about covers it. You should be well on your way and getting those things, those pieces set. And remember when it is time to worm them or give them medicine, go back and try to make sure that you far outweigh the bad experience with more good experiences. So if you have to do one worming, I prepare, like let's say you know, and you've worked it and it's good and we're good. So come up to it. I'll do a, uh, you know, handful or two handfuls in the weeks per ahead of it. Doesn't need to be a long drawn out thing, but I do those. So they're kind of like, oh, that was great. Lots of reinforcement. That's great. Lots of reinforcement. Then at one point it is the, the medicine. And then I don't worry about that one. Then I go back 
back and repeat the processing, make sure that they're back on track with, with taking the medicine in this process we just talked about today. If, and it could be, and don't be surprised by this, that once you give them the medicine, they're like, oh no, uh-uh, I'm back to, to ground zero. That's okay. I don't worry about it. I just start again and start that process. Typically it goes much faster, but you can understand that it is a little bit of a, it is a little bit of a betrayal, but it's something, it's just kind of one of those things we need to do. It's like, we're the parents and you have to get your medicine now and then, but it is something that you can then repeat until they're good again and solid again, and then let it go for a little while. Anyway, so I hope that helps you out because that'll give you a whole lot of things that will help build trust on every single level. And these kind of things build trust in the big picture. Remember, doing this and getting this worked out is going to help thing after thing after thing after thing. So the more we do with this training, the more solid it is with the training, the more they like it, the more we have classically conditioned our relationship and the things we do with them, the entire process, and they become where they really like it. And we can overcome a lot of things, even some of the tough things like veterinary procedures. If you'd like to find out about me on target training where I'm based out of or, or any information, more information about the training or myself. Of course, you can visit my website, which is on dash target dash training.com. So it's on target training with hyphens in between. Anyway, so there we go. Now, remember you can listen uh, to this podcast or on most of your favorite podcast players. You can listen on Horse Radio Network app, which you can get for your iOS device or your Android. You just search on Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free, it's easy to use, and, and makes it very convenient, I must say. But like I said, you can find it on all of the big player things. Uh, be sure to visit all the great shows on Hate Horse Radio Network at, at www.horseradionetwork.com. Okay. Until next time, enjoy getting your horse on target. Bye.